open up our books, to our, our Bibles to Romans, uh, chapter 7, 15 through 20. How many of you guys love the word? Come on, somebody. I hope so. You're in church. Amen. All right, Romans 7, 15 through 20. It says this, for I do not understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. Somebody shout in me. It is sin living in me, for I know that nothing good lives in me. Aren't you thankful that it says that in the word, that nothing good lives in us? <laughs> for I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. But there is no ability to do it, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. We call this the doo-doo scripture, as our lead pastor says, the doo-doo scripture. I do not want to do, verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is sin that lives in me. So today, as we continue on in our series seven, I want to speak to you on the subject, the enemy of love. The enemy, I know, come on. Oh, snap. The enemy of love, as we deal with what it looks like when envy takes over in our lives. Will you praise me just one more time? Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, just for what you're doing in and through us. Father, we thank you for moments like this that we can come together and we can worship you as a family because you are so good. So, Father, right now, I thank you for everyone that's in this room. Father, I pray that, that they don't leave the same, but wisdom and revelation knowledge takes place in their minds and in their hearts. Father, I get rid of any anxiety, any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word tonight. And I say, have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So I'm going to talk about envy. So I just need you guys to take a deep breath, breathe in, and exhale. It's going to be okay. We're going to take this ride, but it's going to be really good. Um, and so I just want to go over just the definition of what envy is before I really get into the, the meat of my message. I want to go on, on the definition of what envy is. This is the definition. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Envy is the need and craving to feel accepted. How many of you guys have ever seen a Geo Metro? Know what kind of car I'm talking about? Geo Metro. Yeah? So Geo Metro, my dad drove a Geo Metro when I was in high school. Now this, let me give some backstory to this. So I went to a high school, Olympus High School, and this school is kind of one of the, it's considered one of the uppity-up schools. Like a lot of rich preppy kids. I wasn't rich, but a lot of rich preppy kids went there, and um, they're driving like BMWs. Like the guys, like my friends were driving BMWs, Mercedes, Hummers, like Alexa, like everything that you can name, a fancy car, they were driving. But my dad drove a 1996 Geo Metro. Yeah, you're saying that now, but if you were in high school and your dad's dropping you off, you wouldn't be saying that. So my dad drove this 1996 Geo Metro, and he would always take me to school, and so I was super embarrassed. Now, this Geo Metro, let me give some, some story about this Geo Metro. This Geo Metro was old. It's 1996. This is 2006 when I was in high school, so 1996. So it's about 10 years old, okay? So he would drive me in this thing. It was beat up. Like, this car didn't have any AC. My dad was like, we don't need AC. He's in the military. He's like, we don't need AC. Roll the windows down. I'm like, I need some AC. This is summer. This is hot. This is desert. So with no AC, no radio. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't have a radio? So I'm, like, sitting here. This is barely, like, when, like, phone, like smartphones were coming out. So sometimes I would be sitting there, like, trying to jam to my song. 
But my day would be super hot, and I have to roll down the windows, and like the wind's blowing. And it's like, like all this stuff, and I'm like, Dad, I'm trying to jam. And he's like, No, you gotta get the AC, bro. Gotta get the AC. And so I would try to listen and do all that stuff. So no radio. I mean, the 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 seats were literally they were supposed to be navy blue, but they were a disgusting brown. No joke, no joke. Like disgusting. Like it was literally like like this car had been sitting in dust forever. But you know what? My dad loved this car so much. Somebody gave it to him. And he could fill up the tank on $10. Come on, somebody. He could fill up the tank on $10, and he would just ride that thing because he would drive all over town and do his thing. But he would always drop me off. And this car was the worst. Okay, so he dropped me off in front of school. My dad's the dad that's ruthless. He's like, you're embarrassed? So I'm just going to honk in the middle and just, just embarrass you even more because you're embarrassed of my car and everything that I'm doing. And so he would just drop me off all the time. And this car you can hear miles away. It'd be like, pat, 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 pat. Pat, 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 And it's just doing this whole thing. And so everybody, like, I'd be like this, like, trying to wear a hat, like, trying to be super cool. Like, I'm the only black guy at Olympus anyways. So, I mean, everybody saw me. It was like, oh, there's Andrew. Like, he's the only black guy. Well, cool. He's driving Geo Metro. But, like, I would try to hide and do everything I could. But then my friends were always driving these nice, nice supercars. And I started thinking about that as I was preparing for this message. And I started thinking about why I hated that so much. Why was I so embarrassed of that? And because I was envious of what they had. I was envious of how they felt. And so as we talk about this series, I'm just going to give you um, four, four just ways that envy at its core can get us sidetracked from living out what God has for us. Everybody shout with me, number one. My first point. Envy is caused by dissatisfaction with others. Envy is caused by dissatisfaction with others. And what we like to do here, if you're new as well, we just like to take a look through the scriptures and different examples. And so we're going to walk through a couple of examples of, of men and women that dealt with envy. So the first, we're going to take a look at Cain. Cain and Abel in Genesis. And so to give some context to what I'm about to read in just a moment, Cain and Abel were brothers. So they were born of Adam and Eve. Cain was an older brother. Abel was the younger brother. Cain's job was to till the ground. He, he, he took care of all the harvest. He took care of all the trees. He took care of all the nature. That's the job that God had gave him. And then Abel's job was basically to take care of all the livestock. So he took care of all the animals and all those different things. But there was a moment when God asked him to give them a sacrifice, to give them an offering. And so he asked him, Cain and Abel, hey, give me your best offering. And so we take a look at this, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. Through eight. It says this. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering. Some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. So it's important that we get this in this moment. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but, did, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious and he looked despondent. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? And why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, this is important that we get this. If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. And so in this moment, Abel and Cain, they give their best offering. But because Cain didn't, receive any praise he got mad at that in that moment and what began to set in bitterness hatred all these different things and we'll take a look at verse 8 Cain said to his brother Abel let's go out to the field 
And so in this moment, he was plotting. He was plotting what to do with his brother. Why? Because he was so envious. He wanted the praise from God. And so Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. You see, in this moment, we see that envy and hatred started to take over in Cain's mind because he didn't feel accepted. He didn't feel accepted. Envy is, a, is caused by dissatisfaction with ourselves. So what does this tell us? When we don't know who we are, we will crave attention and recognition from people rather than trusting God. I am not sure why, I'm not sure even in this moment why God chose to, to praise Abel in that moment. But he, he, he even went to Cain and said, why are you so sad? Why are you so frustrated? Why are you so mad? Because I praised your brother in this moment. Who's to say that he never got any more praise or anything like that? He said, why are you so sad in this moment? Sin is crouching at the door. And so he was so sad and, and so frustrated in this moment. So he literally murdered his own brother because of a simple frustration, because he didn't get praise. Why? Because he wanted to feel accepted. And I wonder if a lot of us in this room are dealing with things in our lives that we're wanting to feel accepted for. And we're saying, man, Lord, accept me in that. We run around in our jobs to our boss, and we say, boss, I'm here. Give me praise. Didn't I do good? Didn't I do that project great? Or we go to our mom and our dad, and we say, mom, dad, praise me. We do it as a child. We, we praise our kids all the time. And I'm starting to notice now with two kids, like, I can't give praise to one, the same praise to one as I do the other. There are days where I give my baby Sylvie more praise than I do Cadence. But yet we still do that. And so we, I, I wonder how many of us in this room need to feel accepted. We all have this longing to feel accepted. See, envy is this need and craving to feel accepted. When I say that envy, when I envy that person, it is me now saying, because I'm envious of that person, at the root, I lack self-worth. So when I say I'm envious of that person, at the root of it, at the core of it, I lack self-worth. And so Cain and Abel, Cain experienced self-worth. He didn't know who he was. So he needed the praise of God in order to figure out who he was. Instead of in that moment saying, yeah, dude, high five. You high five your brother and say, man, that's so awesome. No, he got, he got really frustrated and mad and he let bitterness set in. And so envy ended up taking over. Everybody shout with me number two. Envy will not only try to destroy the destiny of others, but it will try to destroy our own. Envy will not only try to destroy the destiny of others, but also our own. Now we're going to take a look at Joseph. Joseph in the Bible. So if you know anything about Joseph, Joseph was the youngest of his family. The youngest of many sons. So he was the youngest in his family, and and it, it even says in the Word of God, and I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of this because really the story of Joseph takes place in like, like 10 chapters, and so I'm going to paraphrase it. But basically, Joseph was the youngest son. And so his dad loved him. He even said, like his dad even said, man, you are my favorite son. And so his dad would always allow him just to sit by him at the dinner table. And so his brothers would be far away, and, and his dad would just say, hey, Joseph, you come right next to me. And so his dad is just talking to Joseph and having conversations with Joseph. And then his dad even makes Joseph a coat. We know this story about the coat of many colors. So his dad makes him a coat and says, this is your coat. He didn't make any of the other brothers a coat. So this whole time, over years and years and years of his brother getting all the praise, he began, Joseph didn't begin to be jealous, but his brothers began to be jealous of him. And so Joseph, he basically 
He's like the favorite. He's a favorite kid. How many of you guys are the young kid, like, like the youngest of your family? Amen. So he's the youngest. I'm the favorite. We're all the favorite. Bless the Lord. Um, <laughs> um, but we're going to take a look at this in Genesis 37. Now I'm going to kind of skip around, so just bear with me. Genesis 37, 3 through 4, we're going to start out with. It says this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was a son born to him in his old age. And he made a robe of many colors for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his other brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peacefully to him. And I'm going to skip down to verse 18 through 20. It says this. They saw him in the distance. And so in this moment, over years and years and years, they were plotting to try to kill their brother. Why? Because of envy. They were plotting. So verse 18, they saw him from a distance. And this is when they're plotting. And before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, oh, look, here comes that dream expert. And I want to stop right here because... Joseph was a big dreamer, so he would have all these dreams, and he would have all these visions, so he would go to his father and say, look, I had this dream. God told me this, and it literally predicted the future, and so he's walking in his purpose. I want you to get this. He's walking in his destiny, and so he, they plot against him. He said, oh, look here. Here comes the dream expert, so now, come on. Let's kill him. Throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then We'll see what becomes of his dreams. So they were mocking him in this moment. But then later, in another chapter, it talks about how one of the brothers, this is like a ruthless brother. Like, I don't know if you guys have like a brother that like, like always beat you up. Like, I could imagine this brother. He's like, man, we don't need to kill him. Let's get some money for him. I'm like, that's ruthless. Like, he's like, no, nah, we don't need to kill him, bro. Let's get some money. Let's get some chains. Like, let's do it. Let's do this thing. We don't need to kill him. Let's sell him. So they ended up selling him into slavery. And he, they sell him into Egypt. And so he becomes a slave in this moment. And so I'm going to skip down. So basically, Joseph has a dream. He has a dream, and he predicts the future. So he goes to Pharaoh, and he says, hey, man, I had this dream from God. And there's going to be a famine in about three years, a famine that's going to strike the land. And so there's not going to be food. There's not going to be plenty of things to eat. And so I had this vision, so we need to store back some stuff. So he has this vision. He goes to Pharaoh and says all these different things. And so Pharaoh listens to them. They hold back their produce. And, and I would imagine in this moment, a famine, like when he says it strikes the whole nation. So it's like if we were to experience a famine in Salt Lake City only, that's just Salt Lake City. But I imagine this famine going out to the world. There's no food. There's no water. There's nothing like that. There's no livestock. But because of Joseph's vision and his dream, they were able to save food. And so his brothers come along in Genesis 45, and this is what I want to get to, Genesis 45. Four through eight says this, and Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came to him. They came begging. Basically, they didn't have any food. Please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. And I don't know, like if I was Joseph, I'd be like, you ain't getting nothing. Like you ain't getting zero zilch. Y'all, y'all going to suffer. Y'all going to all die. You wanted me to die? You're going to die. That's, that's how it is. But Joseph didn't do that. So he says, for the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here. It was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land. You see, I wonder in this moment, had they not sold 
their brother. I wonder if they would have been experiencing plenty of food. I wonder if, if they had not sold their brother, what life would have looked like for them in this moment. And so when we are envious, we not only destroy the gift of others, we also forfeit our own destiny because we are trying to live someone else's calling. We literally forfeit our own destiny. So here we see Joseph, and he, he walks into his calling. He says, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to forgive you. I'm going to do what, what God has called me to do. He doesn't even, he's not even moved that they sold him into slavery. But yet, they tried, because they tried to destroy what God had already built in Joseph, they literally tried to destroy the gifting that God had called him to. And in doing that, they forfeited their own destiny. I wonder how many of us are focusing and envying everybody else around us rather than focusing on, what, focusing on what God has right in front of us. I wonder how many of us are walking around saying, I want to be like that person. I want to look like that person. I want to preach like that person. I want to sing like that person. I want to dance like that person. How many of us are walking around every single day looking at somebody else rather than walking in the giftings and callings that God has placed for us? Ooh, come on, 5 p.m. Come on, y'all gotta give me a little bit more than that. How many of us are walking in that every single day? We're envious of everybody else around us rather than looking at God and saying, Lord, I'm not moved by this. I'm not shaken by this. I'm gonna choose to walk in it anyways. Joseph chose to walk into his destiny even though his brother sold him into slavery and tried to ruin what God had placed in his mind and in his heart to do. So we forfeit our own destiny. You see, Joseph's brothers were so concerned about destroying his destiny that in the end, they destroyed their own. And when I say, I wonder what life would have looked like had they not sold their brother. I wonder what, if they had plenty of food to eat, if, if God would have moved in their land. So I wonder how many of us in this room are so concerned about the destruction of someone else's destiny that we miss walking in ours. We're so concerned about other people's lives that we miss walking in ours. Everybody shout with me number three. Envy isn't after an object or ability. The envious is after the feeling that is perceived from having that object or ability. Let me say that again. Envy isn't after an object or ability. The envious is after the feeling that is perceived from having that object or ability. Let me give this example. I have this jacket and this outfit. And I know I look good. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I have this jacket. And I have this outfit. Devon can say to me, he can come up to me and say, hey, man. If he's, if he's jealous or envious of me, he'll say, hey, man. Uh, I want that jacket. Give me that jacket. If he was jealous, he would ask me where I got the jacket. And he would order a jacket for himself. But if he was envious, because I'm walking around looking good, if he was envious of me, he would want to take this jacket from me. Why? Because I carry a, a certain feeling. And so he would rather strip away this jacket from me because it carries a feeling. He doesn't necessarily want my jacket. He wants the feeling that's perceived from having my jacket. And I wonder if a lot of us are walking around every single day saying in our lives, whatever we do on our job, with our careers, with whatever, we're walking around every day envious of that person, saying, man, I really want that. 
And so we destroy everything about that person in order to get into their feeling and have what they have. So Devon would rather destroy me to get into this jacket because he's envious of me. It's not about the material. It's not about the object. It's about the feeling and the perception that's perceived from having that object. We do this all the time. I was talking to um, one of my buddies in my table group on Saturday, and he was like, man, I just told him that point. And he, we started talking, and, and he's like, man, I do that all the time. I, like, see somebody with a nice car, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice car. Instead of saying, God bless him, like, that's so awesome. Praise God, man, that's so cool. We say, he's driving that nice car, and we're like, man, that's probably least. He don't own that car. There ain't no way. He's, he's in debt. He's in debt. He's driving a Mercedes. He's in debt. No way. And we look at people's houses that we drive by. And we're like, man, we're envious of that house. And we say, instead of saying, wow, man, that's such an awesome house. Like, God is so good. Like, he's blessed you so much. We go right to it, man. They're probably in debt. They probably can't even pay the mortgage. Because we're envious of what they have. So we'd rather strip away everything that makes them feel good. We'd rather strip away their house and say, man, I'm going to do whatever I can to destroy you because I want that house. Listen to what this says in James. I love James 4, 2. It says this. It wrecked me when I read it. I was like, whoo. Come on, somebody. James 4, 2, it says this. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. You fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want. This is my favorite thing. Yet you don't have what you want. Why? Because you don't ask God for it. So we're too busy walking around envious of that person's car. Come on, somebody. We're too envious of of how that person looks, that outfit that that person's wearing, instead of saying, God, man, like that's so cool. I desire that. I do this all the time when it comes to dance, and I have to change my mentality because I, I have to be careful because I can start comparing myself to others instead of doing what God has called me to do and dancing how he's called me to dance. And so I do this all the time, all the time. I'm walking into a dance class, and I'm like, oh, man, that girl's leg is to her ears. I wish I could do that. And I'm envious, and they're probably looking at me like, man, he has so much swag. He's black. I wish I could be him. And it's like we compare back and forth doing this thing rather than doing what God has called us to do, walking what he's called us to do. It says you have, you don't have it because you don't ask. We don't have, we have not because what? We ask not. It also says this in James 3.16. It says this, for where you have envy and selfish ambition. Are you ready? There you find disorder and every evil practice. So when I'm envious of other people, there's disorder. There's disorder in my home. There's disorder in everywhere, everywhere I go. If I'm so envious of others, I have a selfish ambition. But there you find disorder and every evil practice. So envy isn't after an object or ability. The envious is after the feeling that is perceived from having that object or ability. Everybody shout with me number four. My last point. You guys doing all right? Good. If we analyze who we envy we'll discover how we defined our identity. If we analyze who we envy, we'll discover how we define our identity. I'll have the worship team come back up. And we do this all the time. And Pastor Jason used this this morning. 
and I'm going to steal it from him. <laughs> he talked about how we do this with Instagram. And he called it envy gram. Because we're so busy scrolling up, looking at this story, comparing. I'm like, man, I wish I had a body like that. Oh, I wish I crumped like some substance. Oh, I wish I tapped like so-and-so. Oh, I wish I preached like T.D. Drake's. Oh, I wish I preached like Mike Todd. And I'm too busy scrolling up, looking at other people's destiny. So if we analyze who we envy, we'll discover how we define our identity. So if I'm constantly doing this, scrolling up and down, looking at my phone, saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. Our identity will be found in Instagram rather than the maker who created you and intricately made you and designed you to be who you're supposed to be. And I'm not saying that you can't look at Instagram. I'm not saying to have somebody that you look up to and, and that you can say, man, teach me your ways. But what I'm saying is if we take their thoughts and their ideas and, and what they perceive life to be, instead of listening to the voice of God and saying, Lord, what do you have for me to do? And I'm going I'm to tell myself in this moment, because I had to work on this. When I was studying this, I'm like, Whoa, man. I started thinking about all the examples in the last six months where I've, I've envied something. And if I'm being truthful with you in this moment, in the beginning of pastoring this church, I envied Pastor Jason. Why? Because I was wanting to, to preach like him. I was wanting to have points like him. But then I found out, I was like, man, I don't need to be Pastor Jason. First of all, he's white. I'm black. I love him. Praise the Lord. And I started, but it took me, if I'm being honest with you, it took me a minute to find my own voice. And we would talk about this all the time. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just here. And, and it's a growing process. I'm stepping into it. I'm learning. I'm finding my destiny. I'm finding my purpose. I'm walking into it. But in the beginning, if I'm honest with you, I tried to, to be his voice. And there were sermons and messages that are crap because I was trying to act like he acts. Instead of walking in my purpose. Instead of doing the things that God has called me to do. You know what? Everybody's not going to take the Pastor Jason how they take to me, and that's okay. Why? That's what the body of Christ is. We're all uniquely made. We're all different. We're all formed different. And that's what's beautiful about it. And so I want to encourage you today that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through in your life, I would encourage you to walk into your own purpose. Not to look at your job. Not to look at that person that's above you. And want to be at their status. You're working tirelessly. To try to obtain and reach that goal. When God's like, why are you striving? Why are you pressing so hard? You wouldn't have to strive and work so hard if you were just choosing to listen to my voice. And walk into your purpose. It would be with ease. But yet we're walking around every single day trying to be like someone else rather than walking in the destiny and, and the thing that God has set us out to do. We're so distracted with social media. We're so distracted and we want the praise from our mom and from our dad. And we're striving and we're striving and we're working hard and we're trying to do those things. And I'm not telling, telling you not to work hard because I believe it. You should work hard, but you should be walking hard in the destiny and the purpose that God has placed over your life. Not walking and envying anybody else. 
but doing what God has called you to do. You see, envy is caused by dissatisfaction with self-image. Your perception of your actual stature. And I know that these, these messages aren't like all fluffy. But you know what? We're going to come out of this series and we're all going to walk into everything that God has called us to. I believe that this church is going to a new level. I believe that your lives are going to a new level. You're going to go deeper than you've ever been before. Some of you are going to choose and start walking in everything that God has called you to because of this series. Because why? We're dealing with the root issues. We're dealing with some hard stuff. But you know what? God is on the other side. He's in it. He's for you. And he's not against you. Amen?